Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. I was reminded of something yesterday. The truth is edible. Uh, it's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacree Squade. What truth did you swallow? My, my middle sister is uh, in from California, and so I was down at the uh, ancestral grounds over the weekend, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, mom made the clam pie dip that I love. Oh, so good. So that was good to have some... Uh, so you labeled Some it great the cooking. truth. Oh, yes, yes. Because when you had, we, we, we had the crack dip, and then we had the clam pie. And so it was interesting to watch who went for what. So the crack dip is named, it's so like a some, sausage cream cheese, and it's, it's addicting. So we nicknamed it that. So you did some internal family polling. Yes. The crack. best way. The best way. By looking at what was eaten more. Yeah. And how'd that turn out? Uh, I had to uh, shoo people away from the clam dip. From, from from the clam pie. Hence. Basically, it's just, and, and you're going, who wants to take a chip and dip it in clams? That's No, you're thinking about it too much. It's it's largely cream cheese. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you just have some clams. Think like, about it like clam there. chowder. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a much thicker version of clam chowder. Then you top it with Parmesan cheese and you bake it and then Ooh, it's a dip. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, yes. The truth is edible. So now uh, you know that, delicious. The, that the truth, when, when Sean refers to the truth, he's talking yeah. about clam dip. Which is great because I'm pretty sure that's as, as nonpartisan as it gets. <laughs> Unless you're you anti- overfishing. Well, they, you, know, okay. oh, you know, the, the clam population. You're working hard. Decline. Yes. Uh, as most are who want uh, bureaucracy and government control to get in the way of freedom and opportunity. But that economic freedom is dying in New York. We'll get into this later in the show, but uh, this is just the government telling you, oh, that thing you think you own? Yeah, you don't actually have any rights to use that just because you own it. Uh, We'll get to that coming up uh, on the show this morning. And uh, the nominees for Senate in the state of Illinois uh, responded to an AP request, a fairly simple request, I thought this was interesting, to outline... Their top three priorities should they win the Senate seat. This is the Mark Kirk, Tammy Duckworth race that we all kind of gloss over the fact that uh, there's a Green Party candidate and a Libertarian running uh, as well. So it, it was pretty straightforward. The AP asked each candidate to identify their three things, their three top priorities, if they win that seat in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Tammy Duckworth, the Democrat, said uh, strengthen the economy by investing in manufacturing and infrastructure. That's taxing Uh, you to uh, then have the government determine how those dollars are used. This is a page right off the Hillary playbook. Mm -hmm. Uh, Building a stronger workforce by making college accessible and affordable. Uh, This is the 
we don't want you to have to pay for college if you make less than a certain amount of dollars, but mm-hmm. we know nothing's free. Somebody's going to pay for it. Uh, this is probably the party homage to Bernie Sanders being run out, uh, where it's just socialism. And then number three, honoring the sacrifice and service of our men and women in uniform. Uh, that's not really that, a goal. Well, what does that look like? That's not really a goal, and she's also a veteran, so... Well, sure. Uh, so I, I get that, but yeah. what what is what is quote unquote honoring look like? Uh, apparently, uh, according to the second sentence, uh, and she only filled out two on this, that uh, that means developing a policy that never sends American troops into harm's way without a clear objective. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I as somebody who is, and I'm speaking now in in reference to her. She was in the military. I totally get that perspective from her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, you're the husband of a veteran as well, so you've had that experience. Uh, Republican Mark Kirk, top three priorities, Mm -hmm. uh, national security, uh, the VA specifically when it comes to veterans, and to spend less. That's all he just said, spend less. I don't know if that meant like on pizza every year for him or hopefully he's talking about the government. Uh, Libertarian Craig McMillan, a 55-year-old out of Melrose Park, uh, he basically it's the libertarian handbook, reduce size of government, uh, stop being the world's police and the war on drugs and uh, Green Party. Uh, Scott Kingwill, Scott Kingwill Summers. Uh, he's an attorney uh, up in the Chicagoland area. Uh, economic rejuvenation, equal opportunity, ensuring equal opportunity in education and employment, more interjection of government. And uh, he was the only one that brought this up. Number three, climate action, climate action. That's right. That's the. Climate action, just two words. Okay, so his second one was more government, and then climate action. Again, you got to look at what words mean. Climate action means more government, right? Right. I didn't. So think two it, of his three were more government. Yes, I, I. I didn't think it was mandatory sunbathing. Mm, climate action. Climate. Climate action. I guess that's the focus group tested uh, response now for <laughs> what? Who? What group got focused there? <sighs> it's vague. There's no it is. focus. It's intentionally vague. That's why the focus group said we're not exactly sure what that means. Go with that. Go with that. Yes. We Go can make that. it whatever we need to yes, in the moment. that's right. You were wrong no matter which side of the coin you came down on. Ironically, on the focus that. group was intentionally out of focus. Intentionally vague. So that's it's. – I'm glad that there are other options. And if the Green Party or the Libertarian Party could get the ground game together, could get some funds together, uh, we may hear from a different voice. But this is going to come down to uh, Duckworth and, and Kirk. Sure. And, and it does. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, uh, most everybody is saying that Kirk has no shot here. If you look at if you look at polling, you look at, at, at we're going to I'm going to take it back to the media. Mm-hmm. They're already almost counting this as a Duckworth win. I have seen many putting it. The, the uh, one of the articles I was looking at this morning was the changing face of the U.S. Senate, and the Democratic Party is. You're right, is counting this as a Duckworth win. Yeah, they, 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 all that they're looking at is what do we need to have control. Mm-hmm. And if if Hillary gets elected, then and the that's vice, a big reason why vice the, president gets the the tiebreak vote. So they're they're really looking at what four or five seats mm-hmm. to 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 grab the seat. They're already counting this one. Yes, and and that's a, you you hit the nail on the head on a big reason why Illinois is double digit lead for Hillary right now. So they're just assuming 
that many of those mm-hmm. voters are just going to go down ballot, down ballot. And, yep. and, and check off Tammy Duckworth as, as the next order of business, so to speak. So that's that's the large part of the reservoir of their excitement on trying to win this. And this is why it is very important for you not to just vote for president yeah. on this ballot. You have to do these down ballot races uh, as well. Even if you don't like, and we don't get excited about Mark Kirk very often, even if you're not excited about Mark Kirk, uh, <laughs> you need to vote down ballot. This is funny. I, I like it when political amateurs get it exactly right. This was kind of making the rounds. A, uh, a writer wrote into the Hillsborough Journal News. It's, uh, it's for, their, for their editorial page. He said, oh, I just noticed this week from recent political advertisements that have been clogging my mailbox, I'm glad I didn't run for public office this year. Had I, here are the headlines that would have appeared under the worst photo you could get of me. He pocketed over $1 million in taxpayer funds. He socialized with convicted murderers, rapists, and known drug dealers. He accepted free meals, free office space, and free parking all at taxpayer expense. He took orders from four notorious convicted felons. He says, ironically, all of these statements are true. However, you would be leaving out the fact that I have spent the 32 years of my career trying to rehabilitate people in the Illinois Department of Corrections. Over 32 years, averaging an income of $31,000 per year, I've made a million dollars from the taxpayers. My caseload was murderers, rapists, and drug dealers whom I was charged with trying to rehab. My lunches, parking, and office space were given to me free of charge as an employee. And as a state employee, I had to follow orders given by Governors Kerner, Walker, Ryan, and Blagojevich, all of who ended up in prison. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And I, I, I think that's why it's, it's kind of percolated is because in the just vicious political environment that we find ourselves in well, now. what You weren't in here yet, but what did we learn in the before the show segment today, Josh? Oh, you and Josh were doing some exploratory thinking. I love what it. Do, what did we learn? The propaganda thing? Yes. Uh, yeah, that everything's kind of propaganda in a oh, nutshell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what and, and it, it wasn't that Josh and I were, were batting this around. It was no. brought to us. This this was brought to us this morning. Quite possibly. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, and Quade. Next, we're going to get to do something that uh, mm-hmm. we don't normally do on the show. Yeah, uh, we're going to. In fact, uh, they're waiting in the green room right now. Uh, uh, Mark and uh, Chris Lawrence, both of them are here from Two by Fours for Love. Uh, or for hope, two by fours for hope. Maybe they can have an offshoot for two by fours for love. I don't know. I, just, I like it. It was in my head. Expand your footprint. <laughs> uh, so they're going to be going to Haiti. So we're going to find out uh, what they're going to be doing in Haiti. And it isn't just Haiti, although there seems to be a lot of focus on that. They do stuff in the uh, show me state as well. So we're going to visit uh, with uh, Mark and Chris Lawrence coming up here on the next segment on the morning meeting on AM 930 WTAD. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Mark Levin, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. That's probably a vote he already has, if he needs to count on it. 
the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaint, alongside you this morning. Jim Hoft, the Gateway Pundit, coming up in just about uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, Quaint, you've invited some people into mm-hmm. the show this morning. Yes, I, I have. This has actually been a couple of a uh, couple of weeks in the uh, in the making. Uh, we're happy to have on the show uh, this morning, Mark and Chris Lawrence, the founders of Two by Fours for Hope. How long has how long has uh, this been going on? When did you start Two by Fours for Hope? And and once we get the timeline put together, uh, what was the the impetus for starting it, and where has it taken you? Wow, that's a lot of questions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first of all, we appreciate being on your show, and uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here as well. And, uh, you know, to, to kind of give you a little bit of short story background, uh, this all started right after the Haiti earthquake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we wanted a way to be able to help the people over there. And I'm a builder by trade, and, uh, you know, my mindset is to, to go and fix things. And that's exactly what we wanted to do. Now, I had been on several missions prior to that, and uh, so I understood the wherewithal the country and uh, of course we saw the aftermath firsthand and we came back here to the United States after a mission trip and we thought you know let's just reach out to some of these organizations see if we can't find some help somewhere and literally we just had you know one no after the next and uh, you know people you know although these organizations wanted to help it's not in our forte we don't do that no you know so what we did we just kind of put our, our heads together and we came up with what about if we would just raise funds We'd buy all these building materials, and we'd put them on containers here in Quincy, and we'd ship it to Haiti and build our own, you know, buildings, our own houses. And, well, people laughed at us. I mean, they thought that was a crazy idea. So, you know, all you got to do is just tell Chris and I that we can't do something, and, and we're going to prove differently. So we're going to make it happen, and we did. And we actually took an ordinary two-by-four, and we asked family and friends to donate $3, which was like the Home Depot shelf price of a two-by-four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if, if you buy that two-by-four, put a signature on it and say, hey, we're with you, God bless you, and all the messages that they wanted to put on these two-by-fours, and we would ship these things and, uh, you know, raise enough money to, to, to make this happen, um, you know, we could, uh, you know, build our own houses. We don't need any organizations. So really, within a couple weekends, we raised about 50 grand, and we actually filled those containers, and we shipped them to Haiti, and we built seven houses out of those containers and out of that lumber and all of those donations that people right here around the area donated. So, uh, uh, so it took us a couple years to to exhaust the materials to, in order to make that happen, and um, and literally one night uh, back about two years ago, and I'll let my wife kind of take over that story. Yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was probably about midnight, and I sat straight up in bed, and I said two by fours for hope. And Mark sat straight up, and he's like, "What?" And I said, Mark, I said, we have to take our two-by-four signing concept, and we have to take this around the world. I said, we can't let it end just in Haiti. I said, it's too powerful of an idea, you know, and it will help so many more people if we continue this. And Mark's like, you got to go back to bed. So so the next day, really, we we started really talking about it more, and we ended up filing our 501c3, which is effective May 1st, 2015, right here in Quincy. We rolled out to uh, the Dogwood Festival, and um, everybody got to see our two by four signing events, and they've started popping up all over, you know, the, around the area. And we've uh, partnered with Habitat for Humanity, and our two by fours are in the walls here in Quincy in the 20th home, and we've got homes over in Haiti. And now we've partnered with Veteran Community Projects, and uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. So. So you're talking a little bit about uh, about that uh, when we were in break before we came came on the show. 
the the veterans uh, things that you're helping out with in, in Kansas City, not that far away, but but you're helping out with those. Tell me tell me about those. Well, you know, we've uh, uh, when we set up our organization, uh, you know, some of the things that we wanted to do is obviously our main goal was to help people everywhere. We wanted to help people in developing countries. We also wanted to help people in right here in our own backyard. And veterans was was kind of on our on our burner, but we didn't understand and really know at that time is how is a two by four going to help a veteran? And uh, literally, we were on our door on our way out the door to a Haiti trip. Uh, we developed some latrines over there, and we were over there going over there to inspect them. And um, and Chris came up with a story about uh, the uh, it was a veterans community project in Wisconsin. And they were building these tiny homes for homeless veterans. We're like, oh, wait a minute here now. That doesn't even sound right. Homeless veterans. You know, how can we possibly, our country, have homeless veterans? So we looked into it, and sure enough, at any one given night, there's about 48,000 homeless veterans. Now, homeless can mean literally on the street or homeless by definition. So there's a lot of uh, different variables on that. But nevertheless, these are men and women who have fought for our country that are looking for help and our government just does not help them in that situation they just kind of fall short so there's a handful of these organizations throughout the country that are saying hey enough is enough and the only way this is going to be solved is if we take the ball and run with it the first one we helped was up in wisconsin racine wisconsin Uh, they were building 15 tiny homes we promised some 900 two by fours found out that their entire project was going to take 1200 two by fours Mm -hmm. that's what we delivered we, made a, we did a special fundraising event over Memorial Day weekend and ended up raising enough money and two-by-fours sign to take those 1,200 up there to fully fund their project as far as the building materials. As soon as we got done with that, literally on the way back from Racine, Wisconsin, we were looking at our phones saying, okay, where's the next one? We found veterans out, our Veterans Community Project in Kansas City. They're building 52 homes over there. Same scenario, setting up a community center, Uh, And this isn't just a, we're going to give this home to you as a veteran. This is a program that is going to be able to help these veterans get back on their feet. They have counseling. They have all kinds of things in these community centers that are kind of circumference around these tiny homes. It gives them the independence of living in their own home, but this program is relatively short, one, two, three-year program, whatever they need. And then what it does is that it helps them to get back on their feet lines them up with another home after they're through the program and then brings in another veteran into these homes. So it's kind of a a revolving door situation. Uh, And uh, so, you know, these projects are going on throughout the entire United States, but they're really slow to take off because they're basically they're reinventing the wheel. So we took 6,000 two by fours out to Kansas city, signed two by fours to help them with their project and gave them a nice check. Both these organizations, we gave them a nice check. Mark and Chris Lawrence, our guests this morning on the morning meeting. I'm not going to turn this into foreign policy or make you guys U.S. ambassadors abroad, but when you do these things and you go places, we have such a reputation as kind of ugly Americans in this country. What's the reaction? I mean, I know the people who are getting the help are probably excited, but do you meet community leaders along the way? Do other people interact with you at, at different levels of whether it's government or leadership? It kind of what, What's their reaction when they see something that runs – counter to the, the the general portrayal of Americans trying to reach out and trying to help is that has have you been met with uh, skepticism or is it just open arms yeah that, that's I mean that's a really really big question it's a very good question and you know when, when we when we start talking about that we, we refer to our multiple trips to Haiti 
And, you know, Haiti is always, it seems like we're always in the news. You know, there's always something happening there, and they've always fallen short of, uh, you know, all the, the, the generosity from the world. It seems like there's always these stories that happen that the money didn't quite get there. The contractors were paid, you know, $10 million to do this and nothing happened. And, you know, the $5 billion that was raised after the earthquake, where did it go? And, you know, so I think that, you know, when you look at Haiti in general, and all the money that came in there and what has happened after all that money hit there. Um, there was, um, uh, you know, to, to put it mildly, uh, I think there was a lot of pockets that were filled, you know, because of that. And, um, and I think that's where, where Chris and I, we look at our organization and some of the help that we've been offering to the people right after the, the hurricane that happened. Um, you know, our organization can take those funds and literally help them firsthand. Whereas there's, and I'm not discrediting any of the big organizations because they do a lot of great things, but some of the bigger organizations, unfortunately, they've got so many stacks of management and, um, you know, and so many expenses. Uh, We just, I won't mention who it was, but I just saw an image of a big organization with a big semi rolling down the road with their name on it, brand new semi. And I'm thinking to myself, I understand they've got logistics to get, you know, materials from one point to the next, but is it necessary? I mean, is it necessary that it use my $8 or $10 or $12 to put fuel in that big semi running down the road with a big sign on it? You know, that's not necessary in our opinion. So the funds that we actually receive they they are firsthand. They go and help the people right dead where they need it. Um, and the reaction that we get is not so much about you know America and and you know some of the uh, the corruption that's involved in the transfer of funds from one country to the next. It's more so. Sometimes they think of America as being a very wealthy nation, and why can't you help us more? Uh, but the help that we do give is very, very welcome, and it's very well received. And, um, you know, I want, you to, I want you, everybody to understand that when we go over there, it's not about how much can we give. It's more about how much can we teach them? How much can we get them from this level to this level based on what we're bringing them? So education is an absolute key, and being able to, to teach them to start doing things for themselves is the key to any kind of success. And from a design point of view, you know, sometimes because you mentioned that you build by trade, the, the whole exposed brick thing is in some of these two-by-fours are actually too cool to cover up as just studs in a wall. Like, I want to do exposed two-by-fours and leave the art there on, like, a You're, wall that the people yeah. have done. Because these are really neat, and, and they're heartfelt. I, I get Because yes. people, they, they give that outreach, and in addition to buying a two-by-four or donating the $3, it's a personal message too well, that you and, see here. Look, and and, and I'm gonna get, my faith's gonna come through here. But when you put messages of love like that on, on a two by four, that that's gonna radiate in, in to me into that space. Is that was that part of the idea behind it in the first place? It, it was, and originally, you know, when the two by four signing concept came into place, you know, we were gonna be taking these two by fours, these signed two by fours, over to Haiti, and in a third world country, they don't have drywall. So originally, these people are going to see that artwork, those messages of hope and those blessings, even though they have no idea what they say because they can't speak English, Mm -hmm. they have no idea, but they see it, they feel it. And that's something very powerful. And even like our Habitat home here in Quincy, the number 20, 
home, that family, they know those two by fours are in the wall. They saw it from the very beginning. So they got to experience and they understand and they feel those blessings, even though their walls are covered up here in the U.S., they still know that there's a lot of people that really truly care about them and gave them blessings, you know, in those interior walls. You know, and there's a universal language. You know, when somebody puts a scripture on a two-by-four and they start it off with like 15-5, okay, no matter what language you speak, you will recognize that symbol Mm -hmm. of being a Bible quote. Mm -hmm. And the people from Haiti, they tell us that they understand that there's those messages of well-wishing in that scripture. And it's the same way with the habitat, same way with the veterans. You know, all these messages, even though they're covered up with drywall or whatever the case is, they still whisper behind the walls. So when you walk in there, it's not hard to get chills on your arms when you know that all that prayers and all that well-wishing and in the veteran situation, all those messages of appreciation and that support, and that's key to these veterans becoming better than what they are today because they need that support from America and not so much just the counseling or this or that. It's the support from people right here. You and I and everybody sitting in this room, that support is, is uh, what they feed on in order to, uh, to be able to continue and pick up life. And it's easy to do, too. If you're enjoying this message, literally just skip your Starbucks run today and buy a two-by-four, and you're going to make a difference. It's that easy. And how, how could they do that? Well, it's, uh, it is a very simple process, and, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of things and, and processes to, for people to donate. Number one is our website, uh, uh, org. Uh, if you just Google 2 by 4s for Hope, you'll find it. It'll be the first one that'll come up. We're the only organization in America, probably on Earth, that starts with 2 by 4s So uh, very it's easy literally a 2 and X and two, a 4, two X not four. spelled out. That's okay. a, that's 2 correct. X 4. Yeah, 2 All X right. 4. You put that in Google, and uh, it'll pull right up. You can go to our Facebook page, which is also 2 X 4. Um, you know, our email is my2x4 uh, at, at uh, Yahoo. So, uh, but, you know, as far as uh, fundraiser, the, the immediate thing we've got going on right now, and this is really cool, and this is getting the community involved. Everybody knows where the old Washington Theater is, mm-hmm. okay? Well, Chris and I have been kind of involved with the Washington Theater for the last year and a half or so. We did some renovations. My company went in there and did some renovations in the lobby, and everybody's got to go in there and take a look at it because, I mean, it's not where it needs to be, but it's better than what it was, you know, three years ago. Uh, so what we've done, we've done some fundraisers in there, and we are going to be doing a really cool fundraiser coming up here on the 27th. This is the evening from 7 till about 10. Uh, we are going to be doing a painting party. And I'm, I don't mean bring your brushes and rollers. I mean, this is a canvas painting party. We have the budding artist right here in Quincy, Becky Butler, is going to be uh, hosting an event to where we're going to have about 40 people on canvases set up, and she's going to be teaching them how to paint. The whole theme is going to be Halloween, so I'm not going to really give a whole lot away, but this is all going to be set up right on the stage. And what a cool thing to be a part of. You know, the nostalgia of the Washington Theater being up on the stage. And I'll tell you guys, if you haven't been in the Washington Theater, you got to come in and take a peek at it. You know, I know that, the, you know, it kind of sat and deteriorated for a while and the roof leaked and there's some paint peeling and whatnot. But looking past all that and looking at the architecture and the balcony and the memories, I mean, everybody here that's listening, I'm sure, at some point in time has been in the Washington Theater and they can say, I remember the last movie I was in. I remember this. So this fundraiser is 35 bucks. Where is this money going? Now, everybody, obviously, in the news a couple weeks ago was Hurricane Matthew. Um, 
Haiti really, really got hit hard. And, and the media really didn't do a lot of justice as to what damage that really incurred. And I'm not talking about structural damage. Yeah, in Jeremy and the, the western side, there was a lot of structural damage. But, um, you know, almost the entire food source of the country of Haiti was wiped out mm-hmm. in this hurricane. Okay? So you got 11 million people that are hungry and starving to death, literally. Cholera is running rampant because now all the water lines are, are all the water sources are all contaminated with sewage and everything. And it, I mean, it's going to be an epidemic. In many ways, it's, it's a lot worse than the earthquake because once the earthquake happened, there was still food. There was still water. In this case, there's no food. There's no water. Chris and I have been sending funds over uh, for the last couple of weeks. To, we, we've targeted about a community of about 500 families, about 3,000 people. That, that's all we can do. I mean, we, we don't have the resources to do any more than that. If we could, we would. But that's what a lot of this is going towards is uh, feeding these people. You know, 35 bucks, 40 people. I know it's not a lot of money, but it helps. Every little bit helps. And the, and the neat thing about this is, is that when you invest $35 to help and feeding these people, keeping these people alive, all 35 bucks is going to hit there. It's not going to go into administrative or into large semis or into this or that. When we go over to Haiti on our mission trips, we pay for it all ourselves. I mean, we don't uh, look for any donations for ticket prices or food for ourselves or our transportation. It is all going to help the people. Same way with the Veterans Project, same way with the Habitat Projects and everything else that we do. It's all going to the people. So if, if you were concerned, you say, well, what percentage of my money actually got? The answer is 100 percent. The answer is 100 percent, yes. And a, and a lot of people look, as soon as you say, well, 100% of this goes, people immediately kind of turn, kind of cock their head at you. Really? 100% of it goes? You just laid it out. The, the, the stuff that it costs to do what you want to do comes out of your pocket. The money that people donate, that actually goes uh, to help people. And you're leaving for Haiti when? Well, you know, our, our goal is to be able to have a trip sometime in November. Um, the problem with sending money, uh, Western Union or whatever, over to uh, a developing country is you never know if it's really going to get into the right hands and mm-hmm. do the right thing. So uh, we have sent money over to a priest over there in a church, so we, we're, we're pretty confident that the people are getting fed from that standpoint. And we're getting some feedback that everything is, is, is on the up and up. But the next step is um, we want to continue our latrine project. We've got 130 over there right now in a pilot program. We've got some money to continue that. We don't want to just send that over to, you know, it's too much money to, to, to just say, here, you know, go and start it. Uh, and we've also, we want to raise some funds for some food. And we know we don't want to take, you know, and, and just Western Union that money. We want to make sure that they're getting to the people where they need to, need to get to. So we're, we're thinking November, they have an election coming up, uh, I think the 21st of November. We don't want to be a part of that because there's always unrest during an election and those elections were postponed because of the hurricane uh but um uh, so it's either going to be right before the election or right after the election and a lot of it depends on what kind of funds we can raise between now and then thank you so much for coming in this has been amazing we and could do the whole show it's, on this. it's so well it's so nuanced the topic too about how you can help and, and then what the response is and the the just small amount of thought and effort it takes to actually be a help from where we are yeah so it's it, it's it's really amazing. Two by fours for hope. It was at dot dot org dot org. Dot org okay. Yeah. Dot org. And, you know we're the heartbeat of America. You know right smack dab in the center of the universe, right here. And um, little Quincy, you know, reaching out to to help the world. And that's all we're trying to do is trying to make a difference in our world. And our objective, Chris and I, is to plant seeds. We want to empower people to do the same thing that we're doing. 
Wonderful. Mark and Chris Lawrence uh, from 2 by 4s for Hope, thank you for being here. We run this segment way long. Uh, Jim but can like wait. I said, we, can <laughs> we could do the whole show on this, and, and uh, we hope to have you back again uh, to get caught up on progress uh, in Haiti and other events that you guys are involved with. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Coming up on the morning meeting, we'll talk with Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, next on WTAD. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid with you this morning. Thanks again to Mark and Chris Lawrence. We rarely take time away from the busy world of news and politics and, and everything to, to focus on something else. And when we do, you know it's important to us. So hopefully that came across uh, and, and will be something that is important to you. It doesn't matter what the result of this election is. There are still going to be people you can help. Mm-hmm. Yes, it matters in, in, in a big picture. But when you help others, it's, uh, there's always another picture that can be, that can be put together there. Thanks and, and good luck to them. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, graciously holding on to join us a little bit late. Jim, good morning. Have you recovered from that final debate last week? And is that even relevant on a Monday some five days later? Because we see so many things spin so quickly. Right. I mean, it's a, it's almost a, a distant memory at this point. Um, I, it's a last thing on my mind, the way this, uh, this campaign is rolling and uh, the news cycle is rolling. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, I barely remember it. It doesn't even, you know, have any impact in my decision-making or my posting today on the Gateway Pundit. Is that good or bad for a particular candidate that we don't remember? Because many thought Trump was uh, handily winning that debate until his regrettable response about elections. Uh, Well, the media is always going to say that. You know, it's just like this past weekend, uh, Trump delivered an exceptional speech uh, talking about what he's going to do his first 100 days in office. He went to Gettysburg, delivered this address. It was an amazing speech with really just some common-sense solutions that will help America. But uh, the only uh, headline you saw from the media was the fact that he says during the speech that these women who have accused him of sexual abuse, he's going he's gonna to sue them after the election's over. And he's still saying it's all made up. And then, uh, by the way, you guys may have seen this, the latest um, woman to step forward and say that she was traumatized by Trump this was a porn actress um, who uh, had had sex, of course, with anonymous men on camera for years, saying that Trump had propositioned her, and she was very upset about it, and uh, we can't have leaders like that. I mean, honestly, we're supposed to believe that? And it just happened that this same porn actress had started a new uh, product line the day before. She, she made this announcement with Gloria Allred, who, of course, is a Hillary supporter. Jim Hoft, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Well, what you're referring to is that there, there's depth to things instead of just taking them uh, at face value. I, w- I was approached by a local businessman uh, over the weekend, Jim, who was saying, how can people not see that Trump's message is uh, much more hopeful and, and that it's obvious that he's, he's doing much better in this campaign than Hillary is 
But yet he says, I see all these polls that don't reflect that. He goes, how can, how does this work? And, and, and then I see your, your website this morning with lots of stories about how uh, the, the polls aren't necessarily what they're cracked up to be. And you've got a few different stories. And it isn't just this race. Apparently it goes back to the primaries too, Jim. Give us some details. Right. This is amazing. And this is a tactic by the left. Ann Coulter wrote about this years ago in one of her books, how the left uses polls to try to make uh, the Republicans, you know, feel like you're defeated. There's no chance. You might as well not even show up. Uh, This is a clear tactic of the left. And Hillary has perfected it in the primary. And uh, this is what their their game plan is currently uh, as we wind down this election. In the primary, I put up a post Hillary in, in uh, Michigan, and this came out through WikiLeaks, they knew the polls there were crap, having her ahead. Um, and by Election Day, she had like a 21-point average lead in the polls, and she ends up losing to Bernie Sanders by two points. So the polls were absolute crap, and uh, she got thumped by uh, Bernie Sanders. The people didn't listen, um, and they went out and they voted anyway, the people in Michigan. Um, so this is a tactic, though, that they use. We have proof of that now. We also have a WikiLeaks document that proves that the uh, Hillary campaign has actually asked pollsters to overweight, uh, you know, their sample sizes with more women, more blacks, so that Hillary looks like she's ahead and so that Republicans will feel like it's no use. We might as well stay home. So this is a tactic. They're using it currently. I hope all of your listeners uh, understand this and uh, tell uh, 10 friends to go vote anyway, because this is just some uh, scheme by the left, and Hillary has perfected it, and the media is in cahoots with her. We know that also from WikiLeaks. So uh, uh, this, is, this race is far from over, and if we look at three polls today, Trump is either ahead or tied up in uh, three national polls. So uh, I think things are looking good for Donald Trump. Scenario for you, Jim. Uh, Trump wins the election. What becomes of the leftist media industrial complex at that time after all of this leading up to the vote? I think if Trump wins, and I suspect he will win, um, I, I see what I see is a media that will be relentless in attacking him. This is a media that doesn't learn, that doesn't change. We know that because we see publications like the, the Post-Dispatch, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Uh, their, their readership is declining, um, and they don't care. They don't care. They're still going to be uh, just as liberal as they can. They're not going to bring on conservative writers. They're not going to change their uh, tone. Um, so uh, they will continue to try to beat up on Trump. Now, the good news is, for someone like me, that means more traffic to my website because I, I give the other side of the story. And um, uh, if I could show you guys the number, I, w- I, I would, but my, my traffic has been um, uh, exceptional this year. Uh, this past month, I've been averaging nearly a million readers a day. So that tells you that Americans are looking for something else besides this biased crap that we're being fed by the mainstream media. It's just too bad that we did this segment right in the middle of you writing the check for us for all the eyeballs. We we redirect to thegatewaypundit.com here on the morning right. meeting. Jim Hoff, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. It's, Jim, it's I, in the mail. Yes, thank you, bud. I appreciate it. Jim, I, I know that you know we're just hicks sitting in the sticks up, up here in Quincy, Adams County, Pike County, Rawls County, Missouri, you know, this whole area. 
But uh, everyone that I talked to over the weekend uh, who was 40, uh, 40 years of age or older, and I'm talking about uh, male, female, accomplished, most of them very accomplished in their careers, they all said the same thing to me in one way or another. Strip away the R's and the D's, strip away the, the, the names and, and, and the posturing. They said it just came down to the fact that they didn't feel like they could trust Hillary. They felt like she wow. would, and these were women who, who actually said this. They said, she is, we feel like she's so likely to throw Americans under the bus to get what she wants, whatever her agenda is, that we're, we're willing to take a chance on somebody with no professional political background rather than what we've seen her do. And again, I don't know where the millennial vote's going to go, but because these were people who were 40 or older, but it was across gender lines, it was across race lines, it was across socioeconomic lines. And while Illinois is leaning hugely towards Hillary in this state, I thought it was telling that if that's the mood here, it's likely that's right. the mood in a lot of the rest of the country. I, I think you're absolutely right. Guys, I went up to northwest Iowa where I was uh, raised this, this past weekend. And I was driving around in several towns up there. Uh, I, I grew up in Fort Dodge, a town about 30,000 or so. Um, but uh, I, driving around, I was with a friend. We saw one, one, only one Hillary sign, right? We saw dozens of Trump signs, Trump flags, big Trump signs, you know, like the six-foot signs, but only one Hillary sign. There is absolutely no energy behind that Democrat candidate. No one trusts her, and you know, as WikiLeaks comes out, I think it's I think it's having an effect, despite the fact that our corrupt media will not report on it. People are finding the truth in other sources, like your radio show, my website, uh, Drudge Report, several other sites. Um, so, so they're hearing the truth, and they know that Hillary's a crook. She's just uh, her actions are criminal. She's a serial liar. I just don't know how people. You know, I don't think America is going to go for it. I just don't see come election day that Americans are going to vote for a criminal and put her in the White House. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. Jim, thanks for being a good sport and joining us late this morning. Just more time for you today to go back to counting all those hits you're getting at thegatewaypundit.com. <laughs> Jim Hoff, all right. our guest thanks, Jim. this morning. We'll wrap it up next on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Game was over. And we're over as well. It's The Morning Meeting. Thanks again to Mark and Chris Lawrence for coming in. Mm -hmm. We'll tell you more about that coming up this week. Ben Yout tomorrow. Producer Josh is waving his hands at us. We're out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Morning Meeting. Morning Meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.